Uh, Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, it's easy to complain about those people, isn't it? They never seem to get it quite right. Everything would work out fine if they would just do it like I told them to do it in the first place. Now, I bet you're wondering who those people are. Well, they are the individuals or groups of people that we talk badly about. They can be somewhere out there in the world. They can be in our workplace. They can be in our neighborhood. They can be in our extended family. Most of them are. (laughs) But they can even be in our homes, in our church. They are anyone who we put down in order to exalt ourselves. Have you ever put somebody down? Maybe at work or around others, you have put down your boyfriend or your girlfriend or your spouse. Maybe at school, you've said some bad things about your parents. And maybe at church, you've put down someone because they did this or that. Or maybe you put down someone because they don't go to church like you do. If I'm honest with myself, I spend a great deal of time talking about those people when what I should have been doing is recognizing that those people have a lot of the same struggles and joys that I do. I am no better than them And they are no better than I am. In our gospel lesson today, Jesus told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous. And they treated other people with contempt. Do you see who Jesus told this parable to? If we're honest, we have trusted in our own goodness. I don't know why they can't come to church. I've come to church all my life. What's wrong with the world today? When I was growing up, you can fill in the blank, those types of statements, which I'm guilty of myself, they lift me up and they show contempt for others. And all of us are guilty of this. So this parable is for you and I. Let's listen to Jesus' parable, which is not only meant for those people, but it's also meant for us. Jesus said two men went up into the temple to pray, one a Pharisee, the other one a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, prayed thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector over here. The first thing that this man did when he talked with God was put down other people. He wanted to look good in front of God, so he named some people that he thought he could stand above. 
some people that were just below where he was. Now we may or may not do this when we pray. When we talk to God, we may not put down others. But when we talk to other people, we do this. And what purpose does talking negatively about anyone accomplish? Well, it pushes them down and it lifts lifts us up. That's exactly what the Pharisee in Jesus' parable was doing. He was putting them down at the same time putting himself up because he wasn't like them. Let's listen as the Pharisee continues his prayer. He says, I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. After putting the Pharisee down, he immediately strives into his good works. We've all done this. He never goes to church. I never miss a Sunday, except for when my family does this thing once a year. (laughs) I can't believe he does drugs. I only drink on the weekends. I can't believe she wore that. I try to dress respectfully. I can't believe that he cheated on his wife. I've been faithful for 25 years. Sometimes we make those statements without even thinking. Like I said, it's usually not done for us in prayer, but it is done for us in our conversations with other people. It's part of our sinful nature to do this. But when we put others down and lift ourselves up, we are sending a message to God. The message is this. I don't trust in you to save me or lift me up to heaven. I have to defend myself. I have to do it myself. Now, I'm not trying to beat you or myself up with this sermon. I'm just trying to point out that Jesus is talking to you and I. The law is doing its work on us. The law points out the sin in our lives and it leads us to plead guilty with confession so that the gospel can do its work and save us. The main commandment that is working on us is the eighth commandment, which says you shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. What does this mean? It means that we should fear and love God so that we do not tell lies about our neighbor. Well, you might say, well, I'm telling the truth. My neighbor really does do this. But it also means that we should not betray him or slander him or do say anything to hurt his reputation. And these are all things that we have done when we talk poorly about or complain about those people at work, in our homes, or at our church, we, in the end, end up hurting their reputations. Instead of that, this commandment says that we should defend them, speak well of them, and explain everything in the kindest way. 
This is something that we need to do more of. We have all broken this commandment and we have all broken the first commandment by trying to trust in ourselves over God's mercy for us in Jesus. When the Holy Spirit brings us to realize that we have broken these commandments and that we deserve nothing but temporal and eternal punishment, we become like the next man in our parable. Jesus continues, but the tax collector, standing far off, would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, but he beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. He felt it. He beat his breast. He felt it. This man recognizes who he is. He doesn't even deserve to speak to God. Yet he does. Why? Because he knows who God is. We know who God is as well. We have a God who does not put us down to lift himself up. No, we have a God who comes down to us for what purpose? to save us, to lift us up. He came to our eye level, even lower than that. He came to us born as a baby. And then as a full-grown man, he didn't stand over his disciples and say, serve me, wash my feet. He gets down on his knees before his disciples and lifts them up. He washes their feet. Why does he do these things in our flesh and bones? So he could save us from our sins, which led to eternal death. Why did he die on the cross? To take the death that we deserve upon ourselves. He did this to give Exactly what the tax collector prayed for, to give mercy. This is the God that we pray to. Like the tax collector, we pray, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And because of who God is and what he did on the cross, we hear God's mouth from the, God's word from the mouth of his servant saying, I forgive you all of your sins. This means that we are justified, just like the tax collector in Jesus' parable. And more than that, Jesus says, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. Everyone who exalts himself, that means everybody who talks good about themselves while putting someone else down, that person's going to be humbled. But the one who humbles himself will be exalted. You see, on that day that Jesus washed you with water and the word, he didn't just justify you. He exalted you. It says that 
He saved us, washing us with water and the word. He gave himself up for us doing this so that he could present you to himself without spot, wrinkle, or any such thing. Holy, without any blemish. You're beautiful. You are lifted up. Because he stooped down to you. And as we leave, we're exalted, but knowing that all things are ours, just as Jesus on the night that he was betrayed, it said, knowing that all things were his, he took off his outer garment. He got down on his hands and knees, filled that water with basin, and he began to serve. That filled that basin with water. <laughs> and he began to serve. He served those instead of putting them down. And we, being served by Christ, can leave here knowing that all that the Father has is the Son's, and all that the Son has, He has given to us. Confident of our station in life, we can serve others as God in Christ has served us. And now may the peace that surpasses all understanding Guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus until he returns for you. Amen.